0: Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We have a guest speaker with us, and we hope that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Isn't it good to be in God's house today? You know, I want to clear some things up. First of all, I want to thank Pastor Brian for just allowing me this opportunity today and, uh, to speak, And but I want to clear something up with Pastor Brent. I hope he's watching today because you remember a month or so ago when Pastor Brent preached and the first thing he said when he came up, he said, everybody else has preached but me, and so I'm just saying Pastor Brian has saved the best for last. Well, today's December 31st. This is the last day, so I just want to clear all that up and... Uh, no, no. The best will be back next week when Pastor Brian comes back. But, but anyway, I told Brent I was going to do that. So I really hope he's watching today. <laughs> I want to share in a few moments about uh, if I had a titleless message, it'd be finishing strong. Uh, how many of you know we need to finish strong? We need to finish strong, and I, I'll continue to say that throughout this message. But, but you know, sometimes we don't finish strong. How many of you have ever started out to do something, and you just didn't complete it like the way you thought you would? I mean, it's true. It's true, because things can happen in in different circumstances, and you really don't finish like you set out to start. Every one of us could raise our hands this morning and and say, we've started some things, but we didn't finish it as strong as we started. Come on, let's be honest. All right, everybody raise your hand. (laughs) See, chaos doesn't bother me. I, I agree with what you said. And I'm not on vacation either, so the volunteer pastor was left out too. So. But I was a children's pastor for 25 years before I ever became a senior pastor. So I understand chaos. In fact, the last two days, well, I've had 13 of my grandkids in my house. And they're not little anymore. One of them graduated last year, two more graduating this year, and they're all teenagers, with the exception of one of them. Of those eight that was in the house, I said 13. We had some of them the week prior. So in the last two weeks, we've had them all in there. And I just say, bring them on. <laughs> but I didn't realize how hard and how, how really go into a deep sleep, how teenagers can sleep. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the less sleep I need. I mean, I can get four hours, and then I'm ready to go, or five hours at the most. If I get five hours, Linda will tell me, shh, shh just be quiet because I, I need ten hours. But yesterday morning, I got, I got up early, as I always do, and so it's dark in the living room. We had a queen-size inflatable bed for our, our two oldest granddaughters. And so they were sleeping in that queen-size bed. And I went in there, and I sat down in a chair, and I looked. And, and I'm telling you, there was a leak in the bed. <laughs> and they looked like two hot dog wieners <laughs> over in one bun. <laughs> and this end was up, and their heads were down, and they were all together in the middle, and both of them were sound asleep. <laughs> I mean, it was the funniest. I wish I could have just took a picture of it in the dark, but it was funny. And then I, I thought, well, I, the blood's going to run to their head. So I went over, and I flipped the switch on the front side of the bed. They ain't woke up yet. I mean, the bed was going right on up. They were just levitating right back up toward the ceiling until the bed got full, and I cut it off. They, they never woke up. Teenagers can sleep. I'm learning some things. Well, we're about to go into a new year, aren't we? 2023 is about gone. Miss Donna told me this morning that her and... Brother Bill are great-grandparents now. Come on, come on, that's good. Great-grandparents. She was showing me pictures, tears in her eyes, and said Brad cried like a baby. (laughs) He's a grandfather now. (laughs) Praise God. Another season in life. You know, and if God allows us to live long enough, there'll be other seasons in our life. Other seasons will come into our life. I I can only imagine when our grandchildren get grown, married, and start having children, what it's going to be like if God allows us to live long enough. They can't come to my house. We're going to start going to Hawaii on Christmas (laughs) because it won't hold them. It just won't hold them. But you know, sometimes we still grow weary. Come on. Life's hard sometimes. And there may have been some things in 2023 that were hard for you. And there probably was for all of us some things that were hard. Even right before Christmas, uh, Bo had to preach the funeral of of one of his grandfathers. Zach had to change all his plans for, for the Christmas holidays and catch a flight and fly home so he could be a part of that funeral. And so sometimes we can still grow weary Sometimes we get exhausted. Sometimes there's discouragement, anxiety, and fear. Sometimes those things are so prevalent, especially today in our culture. How many believe Jesus is coming? (laughs) It may get worse before He comes. We think sometimes it's harder for believers today than it was in biblical days. But I want to tell you this morning that that's really not true because we all have hearts that can grow weary. Sometimes we just need rest. I heard a minister preach a message one time. You need to come apart and rest before you come apart. And that's that's a true statement. See, our enemy hasn't changed. He still uses persecution. He uses fear. He uses constant outrage and panic. Does that sound like the times we're living in today? Sure it does. He's very good and he's always been the same. Here's what he wants to do. He wants to wear us down and make us raise the white flag or throw in the towel. He wants you to quit. But I'm telling you this morning don't quit. 2024 is coming, it's going to be here after a while. How many of you are going to stay up tonight till midnight so you can meet the new year? Five hands. Out of this crowd. <laughs> back in the day, I would have. I would have back in the day. Linda and I went to Peru a couple of years ago before Mark and him came off the field. They stayed up till after midnight so they could see all the fireworks. I was in the bed sick because I ate too many beef hearts and too much salad. <laughs> You don't do that in the jungles of New York Magris. (laughs) But they stayed up. I'm telling you, I won't stay up tonight. (laughs) I'll go to bed, hopefully by 9 o'clock. Now, I may get up early tomorrow, but I I, I think I'll go to bed. You know, so if you're trying to take a nap in church so you can stay up tonight, I'm going to put my glasses on in a minute just to see who's sleeping, okay? (laughs) You know, the guy... Was asleep in the church on the front row, and the pastor just said, Stand up! Said it real loud. And this guy stood up, everybody clapped. He said, Now who else is gonna give $5,000? <laughs> <laughs> All jokes aside, <laughs> how many of you could say the past year you may have started something stronger? But you didn't finish it as strong as you started it. You know, tomorrow we'll start reading through the Bible in a year. Let me just go on and tell you right now. It's hard. Let me just go on and tell you right now. It's hard. How many of you know it's hard? Oh, we got more than five hands that time. It is hard. Because you've got to commit yourself to do that and discipline yourself to do that on a daily basis. And if there's ever a time when we need the Word of God, it's now. It's now. We're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12 in just a moment. See, we tend to make New Year's resolutions. How many of have already made them? Yep, there's, there's a bunch of you who's already made them. But sometimes we fall short, and we don't even last to February. If you go to the gym, you can find this out. Everybody joins the gym in January. I mean, there's an influx of people in the gym every January, but by February... Now, where did they go? And then you may not see them again for the rest of the year. It happens. We tend to do that. I want to encourage you this morning, though, that even if we fell down, the Bible says a righteous man fall down seven times, he'll do what? He'll rise up again. So we've all failed a number of times, even over this past year. There's been times when I know I failed to say the right thing to to a person when I know the Holy Spirit was ministering to me saying, you need to tell this person this. And we miss those opportunities. We fall short of those opportunities. But I want to encourage you, we can start off 2024 fresh. Fresh and anew. Fresh and anew. His mercies are brand new every morning. Every day of the week, they're brand new. Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to go there. We're going to look at three things this morning, but it's about finishing strong. Honey, can you bring me that water? You, you brought it to me a while ago, and then I've, I forgot it. Thank you. Three things we're going to talk about for just a second, and sometimes we've got to look back, and, and we do. I don't want to go back. Sometimes I look back, but I certainly don't want to go back. And sometimes we just need to turn and look at Jesus, and then sometimes we need to look forward. Sometimes we need to look forward. But it's about finishing strong. Now, I want to read this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Familiar scripture to all of you, nothing new. Therefore, therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross Despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, Father, I love and I thank you for your word this morning. Your word is the truth, and your word is what sets us free today. So, Lord, let your anointing be upon me this morning as I bring forth your word, because your word is already anointed and it'll do the work that it was intended to do. So we thank you for it in Jesus' name, the strong Son of God. And everybody said, amen. Now, when I was in the fifth grade, we had a, a, an annual field day every year. And I still can remember this so vivid and clear because it was we were down to like the 440 relay, a four-man relay, and, and we were down on the old field. It wasn't like we had a track, but they had it laid off on the football field. And so they would run that football field, and, and just had cones set up so you'd know exactly where to run. And so it's a a four-man relay, and I can remember a a guy that was a friend of mine. He was in the year below me, but his name was John Mormon, and, and he was running the fourth leg of that relay race. And so his team, when they started off, his team was winning by a long shot. And then it got down to John, and some of the other teams were starting to catch up. And John took it, and he started to pull away again. But when he rounded one of the far turns in the race, he, he got his feet got tangled up, and he fell. And I can remember it seemed like he rolled forever. But then when he came up, two of the teams had already passed him. But when he got up, he kept running. He did not stop. He ran and completed that race. And then his mom came down on the field, left with him, Went to the doctor with him. Brought him back to school the next day with a full cast on his arm. He had broke his arm when he fell. But he got up and he finished the race strong. Did he win that race? No, he didn't finish first place. He finished third place. But he finished it strong even with a broken arm. I don't know about you, but that took somebody that wanted to win. It took somebody that had a desire to finish that race. He could have stayed right there on the ground, not got up, and started screaming with his arm. But he didn't. He got up. He got up. Come on, say, got up. Bump your neighbor and say, get up. <laughs> he wanted to finish that race strong and with some endurance. Endurance, that's a word we're going to talk about for a moment. The definition of that word is the the fact or power of enduring a non-pleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. Sounds like life, doesn't it? Is life difficult sometimes? Somebody said all the time. It ain't difficult all the time. It's not difficult all the time, but life is difficult a lot of the times. When I think about endurance, I think about special forces. I think about rangers. I think about Navy SEALs. I think about Olympic athletes. Do you know what? I really ought to think about Christians. Someone that has served the Lord. How many in this house today can say you've served the Lord over 50 years? Look at your hands. See, that's endurance. That's endurance because life is hard. My question to all of us this morning, here's my question. Do we really want to finish this race of faith? And it is a race of faith. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, you and I wouldn't be saved today. Without faith, The blood still wouldn't be the blood, but it is. We've already sang it. And how many of you believe it is? Yes. Of course you do. I can answer that question for you. You do want to finish this race strong. Because it's going to be a glorious finish line. A glorious finish line when you cross that finish line. See, the next text began with this word. The text we just read, it said, therefore, it began with that word, therefore. And so when I see that word, therefore, it's important to see what comes before that. What comes before that? What comes after the therefore is drawing conclusion on what was said before. So I want to do that. I want to go back to Hebrews chapter 11, and I just want to read you just a little bit out of Hebrews. Chapter 11, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Somebody already asked me this morning, how long is your message today? And I said, well, 12 pages ain't bad. (laughs) Just because you got out last week at 11 o'clock don't mean you're going to get out at 11 today. (laughs) It's a regular service, ain't it, Brad? (laughs) Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it... For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. (laughs) By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word, the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And then we can continue on. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. I want to just drop down quickly. By faith, Enoch was taken away, so that he did not see death. Now, that's the way to go. Come on, that's the way to go. And you're going to read that, it's because he walked with God. He walked with God, he served God, and and God took him. (laughs) That's the way to go. (laughs) By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark. He began to build a boat. We don't know exactly how long it took him, but if it took him 70 years, that's a long time to work on a boat because God told you to, isn't it? (laughs) I don't know if we'd have had the endurance to do that. By the time I got down to that last two before, the first one would have been rotted out probably. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not even knowing where he was going. God said, go. So what did he do? He went. Did he know where he was going? How many of you know where you're going? <laughs> we don't always, do we? By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out. And he went, didn't even really know where he was going. By faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age. How many know she was past the age? She was 90 years old, gave birth to a child. That'd wake you up, wouldn't it? <laughs> one of my sons liked to done that, he's only in his 40s. Three teenagers and got one about a year and a half old. <laughs> That's close. So I call him Abraham now and Stephanie Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) By faith, verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. By faith. Can you imagine as they were going up that mountain what that would have been like? Knowing what was going to take place when he got to the top. Verse 20, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. Verse 21, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of his sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents how many of you would put your baby in a basket and put him in a river? By faith. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempted to do so, and they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled by seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. And then hung that scarlet robot thing out the the windows. By faith, she believed. So is it a faith walk that we walk today? It's a faith race, isn't it? In 1978, I was 21 years old, and a, a friend of mine, who was a runner, had taught me into running. And you you guys that are runners in here will appreciate it. But but we started running together. In fact, he's the the same person that invited me from a little Baptist church that had split at the time. But I did get saved in that church uh, when I was 17. But, but he invited me to come to a, a Auburn Assembly of God. He invited me to the first Pentecostal church, Spiritfield church I'd ever been to. And then I stayed there for 23 years after he invited me there because I felt something I'd never felt before. I didn't know what it was. In fact, I went back to the church where I was at. And I won't say which church that was the next week just to see. And as we were sitting there, I bumped my wife and I said, whatever was down there ain't here. And then we went back and then stayed there 23 years. But he and I began to run together. And we'd run about... 10 miles when we'd run we built up to that and then we got where we'd run about 60 miles a week marsh you appreciate this because you're still a runner chris you're a runner you appreciate all this but i don't do that anymore i'm going to go and tell you right now (laughs) i don't do it anymore but it was 1978 and he said we need to join a track club so we joined a columbus georgia track club and started running in all their little races and we got pretty good you know, and I could get on a track, and I could run 28 laps, and that wasn't no problem. You know, I could run seven miles on a track, and it was no problem. But he said, let's get in this junior marathon over in Columbus, Georgia, and we'll run this junior marathon. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm in on it. So, so we were running, 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 and, and we get into this race, and it's a, a half of a regular marathon, 13 miles, and whatever the footage is. You all know what it is. But, but, so we get in this race. And there was runners there from Auburn University track team. And Jerry said, now, we we got to get in the front pack. we got to get in the front pack, and we need to go out with the front pack. And, you know, I was used to running about a seven-and-a-half-minute mile, maybe an eight, somewhere along in there. And so we get in this front pack, and they sound that gun, and we take off. And I'm thinking, where's the fire? <laughs> I mean, we went out of there and we were running about a, a five minute mile and everybody's flying and after about six miles out, I didn't I didn't even know where Jerry was anymore. My buddy, he was gone. I, I couldn't find him. I said bump this front pack. I want to be with them guys back yonder somewhere. And so I had done drop back. And I can still remember it vividly. And it wasn't no flat track you're talking about. We're running highways. So we're out and I'm climbing this hill. And I'm thinking, I don't even know why I did this. I got a foot that's hurting already. My toe was killing me, and I'm in a slump. How many of you ever been in a slump? Some of you might be in a slump right now, but I'm, I'm gonna tell you, don't stay there. But I was in a slump, and I mean I'm I'm like this going up that hill, just thinking, I just bump finishing strong. I just want to finish. And so I'm going up this hill. And this Fleetwood station wagon come around me, a Fleetwood, you know what I'm talking about, one of them big station wagons with a wood all the way down the side like used to be in the Roy Rogers movies. And it came around me and the back end of it was open and up in the back was this guy with this big old camera, I'm talking about one of these big cameras, not like the little ones today, GoPros weren't out. (laughs) And so he's got this big camera. He's in the back of this station wagon. And on the side of it, it said, Action 9 News. And it came around me. I couldn't believe how much second wind I got. I'm telling you, I went from a slump to a... All the way up the hill to the car went over the hill. And then it was back down to where I was at, <laughs> trying to get down the other side. I'll always remember that. Sometimes we just need a little bit of encouragement. It don't take much. But here's the neat thing about that. The next year, when they were advertising that race, guess who was on TV? In the commercials. I was running up that hill looking like I was about to finish that thing in first place. And I want to tell you, I didn't. I finished 100th out of 400 and something runners, though. So that really wasn't too bad. It took me an hour and 50 minutes and 31 seconds. So I don't know how they can run a marathon 26 miles in under two hours. If you figure that one out, let me know. But when we read this from Hebrews chapter 11, think about it. These are all examples set for us. They were all examples set for us by faith. Sometimes we've got to look back. Look back. Who's made an example in your life? people that have made an example in your life Linda was texting with a with a a friend of hers this week who she went to college with and his dad was a mentor to me when I was a young christian at Auburn assembly and he was teaching class Dr. James Adams and now he's 90 years old I talked to him it's been sometimes this past year I called him was able to talk to him and just tell him how much he encouraged me as a young man and, and just spurred me on and gave me the first opportunity to ever teach a Sunday school class. Here's the second part of Hebrews 12, We've got to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We've got to look to him. When you're feeling weary and all the anxiety and those things, you've got to look to Jesus the heroes of faith were, were imperfect, but they trusted God and they gave their lives to Him. Faith is the belief that God will do what is right. And how many believe He will? He will. God does what His Word says. Come on, folks. If we look back, we can go read the Beatitudes. I'm not going to do that this morning for the time, time's sake, but, but we could go back and just read the Beatitudes, and that'll help us sometimes, because sometimes it's our attitude that's all messed up, and we just need to get our attitudes right. Where it says be a peacemaker, oh, that would preach this morning. That's in your household, that's in your workplace, that's everywhere you go. You ought to be a peacemaker. A peacemaker with your spouse, a peacemaker with your children. But sometimes we aren't, are we? Boy, you're quiet when the preaching's good. See, God says that the more hopeless your circumstances, the more likely your salvation. The more hopeless your circumstances, the greater the salvation. (laughs) The greater your cares, the more genuine your prayers. The darker the room, the greater the light needs to be. And can I tell you, when it gets dark, Jesus will be the light. Jesus will be the light. When Jesus comes on the scene, everything changes. And it's the same way if the Bible says you're the light of the world and you're like a city set on a hill which cannot be hidden, you can take that same light into a dark room and make a difference. Oh, come on now. I hope that's just... What? God's help is always near and it's always available. Always. But it's only given to those who seek it you got to want it. you got to have a desire for it. Do something that demonstrates faith. Do something that demonstrates faith. Faith with no effort is no faith at all. Hebrews 11 encourages us by telling us about people. People's faith in the Old Testament. What are we doing to encourage others? What are you doing to encourage somebody else? Are you making a difference in somebody else's life? Come on, this is good. Proverbs 10, 7 says, The memory of the righteous is blessed, (laughs) but the name of the wicked will rot. In other words, it's either remembered or it's forgotten. How many of you want to be remembered? You want to be remembered. I'm closing. I don't know what time it is. But you're going to get out of here early. Maybe. I won't tell you how long my closing is. So we've looked back. We look unto Jesus. But now we're going to look forward. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2. Later. Who for the joy. That was set before him. Endured the cross. Later. For the joy, come on, say joy. joy. For the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Can you imagine the endurance that Jesus had? <laughs> he didn't have a camera to come around Him in a Fleetwood station wagon to encourage Him. hmm <laughs> The Bible says, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, Jesus looked beyond the cross. You know why? Because he was looking at you. Because he was looking at me. He looked beyond the cross because he knew he had to do that. He had to endure that cross or you and I wouldn't be sitting here today. Not a one of us would be in this room today had he not endured the cross. But he did. So what's His reward? Point to yourself and say, I am. You're His reward. The whole reason He went to the cross. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him would not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. We already sang it. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. It's not in this life, but it's going to be in that life because Jesus looked beyond the cross, and then he endured it. See, he provided us a heavenly hope. Has anybody ever looked at you and says, I don't know why you're so happy. We lost 60-something to three. I was watching it too. I didn't want to. But today came. And tomorrow will come. And Jesus is coming. (laughs) Jesus truly is the strong son of God. He started his race strong. And he finished his race strong. (laughs) And he's still strong. Come on, say, he's strong. Yes, he is. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, and we hear this at funerals so many times. Paul said it when he's talking to Timothy. He said, I have fought a good fight. I've finished the race, and I've kept the faith. It's a faith race, folk. It's a faith race. Paul speaks of a genuine faith. That is in you. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, he's telling Timothy, young Timothy, he says this right here. He said, it's in you. It dwelt first in your grandmother. How many grandmothers do we have in here? Come on. It was first in your grandmother. And then it was in your mother, Eunice. Your grandmother, Lois. If Miss Lois was here, I'd point right to her. Oh, there she is right there. So it was in you first. And then it was in you. Now it should be in him. And it's the same with you and I. Who are we going to pass that faith on to? Just like in that race I shared about John Mormon. Some sooner or later... Sooner or later, you have to pass. It's not always easy. You want to hand it off to somebody. Somebody's going to grab that thing, take it, run with it. It's a faith race. And you and I both know we can influence somebody. Influence somebody in your family, somebody in your neighborhood, somebody in your workplace. Every one of us are an influence. How that shakes. You don't normally do that. But when I stand in a pulpit, you may not believe it, but and Pastor Brown, I'll tell you, I, I get so stinking nervous, I don't know what to do. You can just tell me, I, I can look in our schedule's for the week, and I'll say, oh, my, I'm doing the transition this week. And I get nervous about it. And I don't care what you say to me. I'm still going to be nervous about it until I step up there, and I'm still nervous about it. A children's pastor, for 25 years, I'd be so nervous to do a kid's camp. I'd be nervous, and I've done camps for Pastor Brian, and he'd say, well, you don't act very nervous. i said, yeah, but you didn't see me backstage before I came out here. I'd be pacing back and forth. Brad wanted to tell me a while ago, why don't you go sit down? I said, I can't, I just can't. But I hope it's always that way. I hope it's always that way. Stand to your feet with me this morning. I put my glasses on, so if you're not standing, you're probably asleep. I appreciate the words you just said. And I'll tell you, I do love people. I love people. Because that's what the kingdom is. The kingdom is people. It's my brothers and sisters. The kingdom is about people. serve an awesome God how many this morning would say I'm ready to start this new year and I want to start it strong I want to start it strong I want to encourage you this morning you can start it strong and you can also finish it strong it's it's hard to believe how fast it seems like the years go by now. <laughs> when I was a kid, I thought, man, Christmas ain't ever going to come. <laughs> now I think, oh no, it's Christmas again. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes. But time to the Lord. I wonder when he's coming. I don't know about you, but I'm anticipating. I got an anticipation in my heart that he's coming. He could come today. We may not see 2024. We could all be out of here. <laughs> but he's still working miracles, isn't he? He's still working miracles. He worked miracles in 2023. He'll work miracles in 2024. <laughs> how many of you have a need this morning how many would raise your hand and just say pray for me because sometimes I struggle with starting things and just can't seem to finish them and I need prayer I want to pray for you this morning father in the name of Jesus I thank you for every hand that's lifted this morning and I lift my own and I say God I thank you that you said you'd never leave us you'd never forsake us I thank You that You'll walk beside us just like You did with Enoch. You'll take us by the hand and You'll never let it go. So God, let me hold on to that nail-scarred hand. And let me hold on to it tight, God, because You give me a blessed hope. And I believe that for every person in this room, that You're our blessed hope. You're a soon-coming King. But You're a King that's preparing a place for us Lord, that where you are, there we can be also. And all it takes is a simple act of faith to say, Jesus, forgive me, I'm a sinner. And let me lay aside every weight and sin that so easily snares me and help me to believe. To just believe. And if that's you this morning, you can pray this prayer and just say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me where I fall short. Forgive me of all my shortcomings. And come into my heart. We already sang it today. Lord, I give you my heart because that's all you want. So all you have to do is say, Lord, I give you my heart. And if I give you my heart, I give you everything. You take control of my life. And help me to finish the race that's set before me. And finish it strong. I pray these things in the name of a strong, strong son of God jesus christ our lord amen if you're here this morning and you prayed that prayer like pastor said pastor brad we'll be down front right here and if you want to talk i'll be glad to talk to you i'll be glad to pray again with you if you got issues but i want you to understand something just like he said this is a family it's a family It's a family. And if you need encouragement, there's somebody that will give you encouragement. There's somebody that will share a word with you and say, you know, I've been there. I've done that. Somebody can share their faith with you and make an incredible difference in your life. But we can miss a lot of the mess-ups, a lot of trips and falls, a lot of the ensnarements if we'll just... Read His Word. Just get into God's Word. It's His Word, your Heavenly Father. And it'll help you far more than just my secular words. But if you come to me, I'm going to do my best to give you His words. Because His Word is powerful. And that's why He gave it to us. And the devil didn't give it to us. And the devil can't take it away. Happy New Year. Be blessed this year. I bless you. In the name of the Father, I bless you. And believe for blessings to chase you down in 2024. I bless you that you'll be able to keep your spirit sweet and to look forward. Sometimes you may have to look back. But I want you to do what it said in the middle. I want you to look to Jesus in 2024 and see how much Jesus will make a difference in your life. Because He's got a divine plan and He'll walk that plan out with you. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.